I'm still getting used to that. Um, that'll get you going, though. I, I tell you what, if that music doesn't, the cold outside when you got here did. Amen? Uh, well, it is great to be with each and every person here today. Thank you so much for joining us for this time of worship as we dive into God's Word together. You know, uh, this weekend, of course, is a special weekend, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, and it's a time uh, for us to remember uh, and also to be aware of an issue that literally plagued our country from its foundation. And unfortunately, it uh, was also an issue in the church since day one of the church being established. If you remember last week's message, uh, we looked at a time when the early church was having to overcome that uh, at its earliest foundation. Uh, that story of Peter and Cornelius when the Holy Spirit sent a Peter to the home of Cornelius. And if you remember, when he walked in, what did he say to this entire household? I shouldn't even be here with people like you. Right? There, there was a, a great divide. People would look down on other people because of, of race or culture or ethnicity. And, and so there was a, a huge division there. People were divided by socio, uh, socioeconomics, birthplaces, uh, nationalities, gender, race. And if there, is, if there is a sanctuary anywhere on the planet free from all of that, certainly it should be within the church. Amen. And when I say church, understand that capital C church amongst believers. There should not be issues that, that we deal with. Because the, the gospel is the good news for everyone. Every race, every tribe, every tongue, all people, everywhere, at all times. And it's the gospel that unites us as one. Amen? So I, I know maybe you're new to church. And so when I do that, that's, uh, that's kind of me uh, prompting you to come back at me, all right? Uh, meaning, hey, I agree with you, preacher. Preach on, right? Uh, amen? amen? Amen. That's good, because we need to agree there. Preach on. There you go. That's what I'm saying, brother. <laughs> um, in fact, we looked at last week at the, what's known as, as the Great Commission that, that, that Jesus gave uh, before he would leave this earth to the disciples and to us today, to, not just to, uh, to carry on, but to carry out. Right in Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 19, or in verse 19, Jesus said this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of people that look just like you. That's not what he said, is it? Go and make disciples of people who live really close to where you are. Go and make disciples of people who like the same music as you do. Go and make disciples of people who wear the same clothes as you do. Go, anybody's toes not stepped on yet, right? That's not what he said at all, is it? He, he said, go and make disciples of what, church? All nations. All nations. Now, remember this, Acts 1-8, as I shared last week, that's going to come later. That comes after this, right? When, when he's talking about nations, he's not talking about continents. Peter then understood this in that, in that verse uh, we looked at last week in Acts chapter 10. When all that came to fruition, and in Acts chapter 10 and verse 35, he said this, I get it. In every nation, the person who fears him, talking about God, and does what is right is acceptable to him. Now, in both cases, uh, when Jesus said, go there and make disciples of all nations, and, and when Peter says, hey, listen, I get it, that in every nation the person who believes is saved, right? That same word in both cases, the Greek word there is the word ethnos. It's not talking about lands and continents. It, it's talking about, it's where we get our word ethnicity today, right? It, it, it's culture. It, it's race. And so he's talking about with all people. 
all nations. Which is why Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and he said this, God our Savior wants everyone to be saved. And he continued, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I want us to keep in mind that order as we go through our study today. God desires everyone to be saved, and then following that salvation, come to the knowledge of the truth. And so with that as our backdrop, then we're going to dive into week two of our six-week study where we're considering our unique connections that we have, each and every person in this room today, the, the connections that we have with other people in light of our great commission to share and show the good news, the gospel of Jesus with everyone. And so I want to begin by asking a question. If you were here last week, every one of us had a homework assignment, did we not? Uh-oh. I'm going to randomly call. No, I'm not. Um, but we did. I, I challenged you. I said, hey, listen, consider those unique connections that you have. And in light of those, in light of what we're commissioned to do, to share the gospel, have a conversation. Have a conversation with someone that, that, that is leading to sharing the gospel. In this series, then we're calling these our uh, connection conversations. And so, how about you? Did you have a conversation? Did you have multiple conversations this week with the sole intention of listening to someone else and having the opportunity to share God's truth with them? Did you do it? I had, I had, some, I had some great conversations. I did, man. I had some, some incredible ones. Uh, I had some unique ones, too. I had one weird one, to be honest with you. Uh, I had a lot of conversations. Uh, but can I tell you something? I live to tell about it. I'm still here. I ain't bruised, battered, nothing. I survived. And you will too. Consider those connections you have. And, and this week, even if you didn't last week, having conversations with someone for the sole purpose of sharing them with them the truth of the gospel. And so my, my goal then throughout this entire series, uh, the, the, the ultimate goal that I have is for us to make opportunities to share the gospel and not just give excuses why we don't. Fair? That's our goal. Cards on the table. That, that's why we're diving into this one. So, so we will begin to, to make opportunities to share the gospel and not just give excuses why we don't. And so within these connection conversations we have, then, just like I said last week, engage with people. Engage with people you already know. Uh, engage with people you can relate to. Those are, those are the easy connections. You already know them. You've already got a relationship. You've already shared some experiences together. And see, I, there, there are certain people in this world that I can connect with. And maybe you can't. There are people that I can, I can talk with, I, I can counsel with. Maybe they've had a tragedy in their life. Maybe they've lost a child. I can connect with them in a way that maybe you can't. Maybe you wouldn't be comfortable connecting. Or maybe even in a way that they would say, you know, you don't know where I am. Right? Now, Terry can connect with a lot of people that, that I can't. They'll say, Preacher, you just don't understand where I am. But Terry does. And I can go around this room and name everyone in here, and that's true for all of us. We all have these unique connections with people that, that, that we share life with or that we have certain experiences together with. And what I'm challenging us to do and what I believe God wants us to do is, is to use those connections He's given us for the sake of the gospel. 
Just be with people who, who you can already relate to. And folks, that's the beauty of the church. Like, the staff can't do it. I can't do it. The deacons can't do it. The, the connect group teachers can't do it. The choir, the orchestra can't do it. But together, all of us can. In a unique way, every one of us can relate with our entire community outside of these walls. And so the only question is, will we do it? Will we make those connections for the sake of the gospel? That's the beauty of the church. Friends, that's why we're here. That's why you're here. For that very purpose. So with that said, then I want us to begin today looking at, at John chapter 17. Beautiful chapter. If you've never read it, I'm only going to take a little, I'm going to parse out a little piece of it this morning. I'd encourage you to read the entire chapter. Uh, it is the Lord's Prayer. Now, if you were with us in our prayer series, you'll remember we, we, we looked at what people commonly refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And I said, well, that's actually not the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. And I referenced this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that prayer, remember, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Remember it says, and to ask forgiveness of your sins and be willing to forgive those who have sinned against you, right? Well, that's certainly not Jesus' prayer because he never sinned. Here is the Lord's prayer. This is Jesus praying to God. It's often referred to as the high priestly prayer. Jesus praying to God for us. Here's what he said. John chapter 17, beginning in verse 13. Now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. Now, again, this is Jesus praying to God for the, the disciples and the believers who were gathered in that moment, praying out loud so they could hear, so it could be recorded, and praying even for us today. Notice he says not only for those who believe who are here now, but also those who would believe in what they share about the truth, about the Word. He's praying for us today. And so there's four things that I want us to, to see just from, from this passage as our first main text today. And the first thing I want us to see is that our joy is complete when we fulfill Jesus' mission for our life. What is that mission? To, to go and to share the good news with others. He says, he, he says that, that, that my joy may be completed in them. John really uh, got a hold of this well. In fact, in his letter, 1 John, he opened it this way in the first four verses. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life that is the person of Jesus Christ, that life was revealed. And we have seen it and we testify and declare it to you the, that the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us what we have seen and heard, we also now declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. 
He says, we have joy, but our joy is not complete until we tell you. He was writing this letter uh, for the readers in that day, even for us today. And he says, that's what's making it complete for us. Not just that we have received Jesus' joy, but that we're sharing his joy, right? When you pray to receive Christ, say, listen, your salvation is complete. But he says, your, your joy is going to be complete when you share that salvation with someone else. That's why we're here. That, that, that's why Jesus uh, left us here so that we would, would find the joy in sharing the gospel with others. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I can remember the first time I was there when uh, sharing the gospel with someone, and they made a decision. Trusted, man, I'm telling you, you're talking about getting you jacked up for ministry, right? You ever been there? You ever been there when, when someone listens to your testimony, to, to your witness, to what God has done in your life, what Jesus is doing through your life? And then they make a decision to trust Jesus as their Savior. Hey, folks, I want to tell you, it'll get you going. It, it, will, it will complete Jesus' joy. Hey, it's great being saved. Man, there is joy. There is satisfaction in salvation. But there is a level of joy that you can't fathom when you share it with someone else. And they respond to that. He says, then, man, your joy is going to be complete. The second thing, though, he says this. He's praying to God, and look what he says. Leave them here in the world. That, that idea of in it, he says, but protected from it. Isn't that what he said? He says, I'm praying that, I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. God, leave them here. Now, it would make all the sense in the world that when a person got saved, you know, straight to heaven. Just, a sin just like Jesus did, right? That would make all the sense in the world. But there's a purpose for staying behind. And Jesus said, listen, I want them. I, I need them in the world. What's the purpose? To engage the world. With what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Leave them here, he prays to the Father, but protect them from the evil one. Why? So they can fulfill the great commission. Now, thirdly, then, he says this, that believers are, are, are sanctified. You see that word sanctified? That means to, to be made holy, right? To be made right with God. How? By God's truth. He says that. He says, verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The word of God. The word that, that we have. The complete, fulfilled word of God. And, and can I say this too? God doesn't change his mind for your unique circumstance in all of mankind in history. His word is his word. His word is inerrant, it is infallible, it has always been true, it will always be true. It hasn't changed just like he will not change. And God will not change his mind for your circumstance. See, what, what happens is we, 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 I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they say, well, yeah, I, I know what God's word says, but I've got this unique situation, preacher. You just don't understand, right? Like, uh, here's where I am. I know that the Bible says that I shouldn't be yoked to a non-believer, but you just don't know that I'm unique to this, right? Oh, but God wants me to be happy. Oh, but God, yeah, and then they'll start rationalizing while they're not abiding by the Word of God. His Word is truth. Friends, He gives us His Word so that we won't go to our own will and inhibitions, but instead that we will become sanctified, made holy. How? By obeying his truth. He gives us his truth. And notice this too. I said this earlier when we began. 
that uh, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, everyone who, uh, God wants everybody to be saved so that they'll come then to the knowledge of truth, right? Salvation precedes the truth. Well, here again, belief precedes sanctification, right? We have to understand the gospel. We have to receive Jesus Christ before we can understand his word and then begin that process of sanctification to become more like him. And I think too many churches today, we, I'm not saying north side, but it's like churches almost act like country clubs, right? Meet these criteria, and if you do, then the doors are open. But until then, they're closed. We're only open to, to this kind of people, to people that look like this, people that act like this. Start doing these things, and then you can come in. The church is open to everyone. Why? So they can first come to know who Jesus is and then be sanctified by his truth. Jesus said, God, leave them here. Why? So, so they can engage their culture. They can be with people that, that are like them. They can be with people who aren't like them. They can be with other people, other believers, as we should be, who are close to God. They can be with other people who are far from God. Leave them here, but, but protect them. We need to engage people of other cultures, other social preferences. But we don't have to deny God's truth in the process. There's a great children's song. I can't, the whole time I, I was studying this week, it just kept coming to my mind. And as soon as I say the name of it, it's going to start playing in the back of your mind too. Deep and wide. I promise I won't sing it. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing. Deep and wide, right? I, I, I love that song. And, and as I was thinking about that, that's what our witness should be. Our witness should be wide enough to touch everyone. No one's too far away. It's wide, but it's deep. It's deep in God's truth to everyone. As we go, we seek to reach everyone, but as we do, then we reach them and we teach them with the deep truth of God's holy word. And can I say this? You don't have to negate one to achieve the other. You hear me? At all. We, 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 sometimes we look at people and say, man, they're, they're so far from God. Boy, that unholy lifestyle they're doing right now. And we feel like as a believer and in the church, we either have to, to hate them or affirm them. Fair? And then we're talking, you, what you're doing is wrong. It's unbiblical. And so I either got to hate you or I got to throw the book out altogether and affirm what you're doing. That's where we land. But that's not true. Because the church should do neither. We should simply love them. Love all people. And we can do that without compromising the word of God. Love and truth go hand in hand. Amen? They do. The gospel is for everyone. There was a time when you were far from God. Amen? But bless God, someone shared with you, didn't judge you where you were, but instead invited you in. Love and truth are hand in hand exactly what Jesus said. It's kind of like I couldn't help earlier. Terry, bless your heart. He's always music. We're not singing anymore, so let me get you on beat. And then finally, most of these Baptists in the room, we got it. And then you know what he did? He threw you a curveball, didn't he? And now let's start singing with it. But got all jacked up. Like, oh, wait, can we, can we do that? Can, uh, sing and clap, right? Like, not in this church, right? 
Um, I feel like that's the way we, 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 we go after this, that you can't have both, and yet love and truth, they're hand in hand. They work together in harmony, just like singing and clapping. Oh, fourthly, I've got to get off this one. Fourthly, he says this, believers are, are, are sanctified, that word again, not only does sanctified mean to, to be made holy, to be made right with God, sanctified also means to be set apart. Uh, because you're being made holy, you're, you're totally different from the rest of the world, right? So believers are sanctified to be sent. Let's look back at the text again. As you sent me into this world, Jesus talking to God, I also have sent them into the world. We come to believe so that we can be sanctified by the truth and then be sent out as a messenger of that truth. Remember last week, Peter was sent to Cornelius, that, a Gentile, right? And you remember what I said? An angel could have shared the gospel with Cornelius. An angel knows the gospel, but he didn't. The angel instead sent Peter. Why? Because that was a blessing given to the church. That, that's our role. That, that's our responsibility. That, that's our mission. And in it, Peter then came to understand mission over tradition, right? The, the Jews said that a Gentile can't be saved. A Gentile can only be so close to God. I, I'm not going to rehash everything we went over last week. Peter then, as his eyes were open, and said, okay, now I get it. Mission first, not tradition of the church. An example is, you, you, ever had a, um, you ever had a car that goes out of alignment? You know, maybe your wife hit a big pothole. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you hit something in the road or whatever, you know, for whatever reason. And so the way you, take, you, you let go of the steering wheel, right, and it'll veer left or it'll veer right, right? One way or the other. It, it'll, it'll veer. It won't go straight anymore when it's out of alignment. Well, if a church, if we don't constantly remind ourselves that we exist to fulfill a mission and not maintain a tradition, if we're not constantly reminding ourselves of that, then we'll drift towards preferences, conformity, or self-preservation every time. It's our nature. It's who we are. That idea of self-preservation. Jesus said, God, leave them here so they can go out. We, we gather to scatter. We, we say that all the time to, to reach people, not just like us, but to, to reach all people. Paul, not, not only Peter, Paul also, man, he, he had probably the, the, the best grasp of anyone on this, to be mission-driven for the gospel. His prayer in Romans chapter 10 and verse 1 said this, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them, talking about the lost, is for their salvation. He said, that's what drives, that, that's what motivates me, is that someone else would come to know Christ just as I did. So he wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. How are we doing on time? Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 19. Paul writes, Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law. Though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ, to win those without the law. To the weak, 
I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. I love that. Now, I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Well, Paul, man, he, he said, listen, I, I just meet people where they are. Meet them where they are. Talk to them like they are. He didn't talk law to Gentiles. In fact, as you read through the New Testament, you can always, as you read the text, especially the letters, you can tell who the intended audience is just by the rhetoric of, of what's on the pages. If it's talking a lot about uh, the Messianic prophecies or the law, typically, likely, it, it was a Jewish audience, a totally different rhetoric for Gentile audiences. He says, so I met people where they are. I spoke to them in a way they could understand. And he says this, he says, I became a slave. Man, that, that was a hard word even in that day. I, I became a slave. You know, a slave is someone who's controlled by someone else, not by their own desires, but someone else is calling the shots for their life, right? And Paul says, that's what I became. I put everyone else's need for salvation above my own needs, above even my, my own desires. I gave myself completely to this. Here's where Paul lived, whatever it takes. What, man, that, that that would be our mantra, Northside, that whatever it takes to win a lost person to Jesus. Amen? What, what do I need to do? We need to have multiple services? Let's add another one. Now open up some seats. Let, let, let's do it. We need to have some different music. If it will win my grandson, if it, if it will win my neighbor, if it, then let's do that too. What do we need to do? We dress a little more casual now so that, so that we can relate to others? Then let's do that. Whatever it takes. You know, one of my connection conversations that I had this week, I was talking with a, with a I say gentleman, he, uh, he, he's in his 60, uh, 60, probably 60 years old, 60 or better, young fellow. Um, <laughs> do you know why he said he wasn't going to church? Because he didn't have nice enough clothes. And this is a man, that, he, he was shooting me straight. He wasn't just trying to take a shot at the church. He, he, he didn't know. Even where, I was, where, where the conversation was headed. So I don't, I don't have clothes nice enough for a church. You know, that means his thought of a church, well, if I can't have a suit and tie, then I'm not welcome. How sad is that? And yet, that is the foundation the church for so many years laid. I don't have nice enough clothes to go. And hear. Now, can that be an excuse? Sure, it could. Should we look our best for that? Okay, all that. All true. But at the end of the day, what do we need to overcome to win people for Christ? He says this, run in such a way to win. Regardless of what you like. Hey, yeah, Paul always uses the sports illustrations, and I love them. Right? He says, if you're running a race, run to win. You may like to wear cowboy boots, but you better not race in them or you're going to lose, Right? Hey, you may have a favorite backpack that you carry everywhere you go. But if you're going to wear that in a race, you're going to lose. He says, so shed away the things that encumber you. Take off the, the things, even if you like them, if it means you can win the race. What's the race? To win someone for Christ. Paul says, I'll lay it all aside for Jesus without negating 
the truth. In fact, in Acts chapter 16, how am I doing? Where am I at? Okay, we, we're up. Oh, we're up. Uh, Acts chapter 16 uh, was a time when Paul was about to go on a missionary journey. And there was a young man by the name of Timothy. And Timothy was going to go on. And now, now, now Timothy uh, was unique in this way that uh, he was a believer. Uh, both his mom and dad were believers too. But his mom was Jewish and, and his father was Greek. And they were about to go on this missionary journey. He was going to join Paul. Young man on fire for the Lord, but an adult man. And Paul said this. He said, you know, uh, we're going to be not only reaching Gentiles, but we're going to be reaching Jewish people also. And Timothy, you've never been circumcised. And that's going to be a stumbling block to the Jews that we talk with. And so Paul actually suggested that Timothy, an adult grown man, be circumcised. Who didn't have to be circumcised. Do you know what happened? He did it. Whatever it takes. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is or you need to explain it to your kids, let's just say he uh, took putting a little skin in the game to a whole new level, all right? <laughs> um, whatever, a grown man going through all of this, if it means I can reach someone new for the gospel. Can you imagine Timothy's response to us today? Now, I don't share the gospel because I... What will people think? Really? What if they shut me down? Really? Well, gosh, I just, all those services, and I'd rather, really? How would Timothy, how would Paul, who says, whatever it takes, how would they just respond? Sometimes to us. So I want to encourage you. Remember, just have those conversations this week with, with anyone, with, with people you're associated with, with people that are close to you, people that are far from you. And it's as simple as asking, hey, what do you think about heaven? What do you think about God? Most people will tell you. And then listen. Just listen. If you listen long enough, then they're going to ask you, what do you think? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and then you tell them your truth. And remember, we do so by by, 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 by responding, not reacting. There's a difference. We don't react. Well, you, you lost soul. You, 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 here's where you're wrong. Here's what the Bible says. You don't beat them over the head with that. You just respond with your truth. Well, that's, that's interesting what you believe. Here's what I believe. And, and here's the, the peace that God has given me in this. Just respond. I had these notes down. I'm going to share them in closing from a previous uh, message years ago. I said that there's a difference in a gospel presentation and a gospel conversation. A presentation starts with your Christian worldview, with what you already know. A, a conversation starts in the other person's worldview. Just asking them, hey, what do you believe about this? Right? Whatever that may be. A presentation assumes that they have some knowledge of the gospel already. A conversation assumes they have no knowledge of the gospel whatsoever. A presentation, it focuses on the lost person as a sinner. But a conversation focuses on the, the Imago Dei, the image of God in every sinner. A presentation is effective with people who have a church background. But a conversation is effective regardless. Whether they've been in church their whole life or they, they've never even seen a Bible. A presentation focuses on, a, on an immediate decision. 
You go through that presentation, and at the end, is there any reason you would make a decision right? And that's great. But a conversation, though it desires that decision, and though you can lead to that moment to give them the opportunity to respond, it focuses on just daily life discipleship. As you go, sharing the good news with everyone. Just, just listening. Listen and relate when you can. And then church, can I tell you something? And when you can't relate to someone, acknowledge it. Right? Don't try to, don't try to want, oh, I know exactly. There, there's, an old, uh, there's an old thing salespeople used to do, feel, felt, found. You ever heard that? I know how you feel. I felt the same way. And I found that, you know, that's how you answer their question. And I think sometimes that's what we try to do with everybody. I, I know exactly how you feel. No, you don't. You, you, you likely don't. You, you don't and, and they're not expecting you to. Sometimes just listen. Sometimes you say, listen, I don't know your struggle. I don't understand that temptation. That's it. I, don't, I don't understand the hurt and the pain that you're going through. But I know my God who loves and forgives and who wants to come close to you in, in every circumstance, in every situation. Just, just share your truth. And then can I say this too? Help them find some community when you share with people. You know, we don't just carpet bomb the God, you know, there's the gospel, and then walk away. Good luck. Get them in a community. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's this church. Maybe that's someone else. Maybe that's another church. Maybe closer to where they are or, or, or where they can relate to them, whatever the case may be. But we need to be in a community. That's why we, we so push connect groups here. I say all the time, if you've got an hour to give, go to a connect group, not the worship service. It's so vital to have, have those connections to be growing with other people in the truth and Word of God together. So I'm going to ask you again. This week, just like last week, will you commit to a connection conversation? Maybe someone you know, maybe someone not like you at all, but just a conversation. That's it. Maybe you're ready to go varsity level. Having a, ha, have, have something at your house, right? Have some kind of gathering, pizza party, whatever the case is, right? Uh, invite people over with the, with, the, with the sole desire to open some communication, to ask people, well, man, what do you think about eternity? And listen and share. Would you commit this week? And by the way, hey, listen, as you have these conversations, I would love to hear about them. Man, email me, text me. Call me, uh, come by the church, whatever, but share. You know, we may throw you on the screen. We may not. Don't be, don't be afraid, right? Uh, but I want to hear about those conversations because I, we're in it together for one purpose, to do whatever it takes to win someone new to Jesus today. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And I know, God, as, as we talk about Whatever it takes to win people, that can go to extremes. Father, we're, we're not walking away from truth. We're not watering down the gospel. We're saying within the context of the truth and the gospel, we want to be a church that is willing to do whatever it takes. Our community is lost. We have people in the obituary every day that are dying and going to hell, and they live close to the church close to, to, to us, to our, to our homes, the co-workers, family members, friends. God, I, realign us. And we would be mission-focused as a church, first and foremost. 
And that even today in this moment, if someone is far from you, they would, in this very moment, Jesus asks you to save them from their sin. To seek that fellowship of forgiveness with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to...